On this edition of the Marcus Wall Show, we're talking about the blooming time of spring. Kentucky Derby finished, Preakness about to get underway. We're talking a PGA update, my winner for the PGA Championship. That's right, it's May. We've got a whole lot of news around loco activities and as well, the NBA draft lottery news and notes. Playoff time is among us. The NFL draft recap, schedule highlights, Major League Baseball standings, and a big loss in the world of sports. A whole lot of other hodgepodge as well. You know, that's what we like to do here on the Marcus Wall Show. This and a whole lot more is again, spring is blooming. It's next, only on the Marcus Wall Show, starting right now. Clear the mechanism. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in South Carolina needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome in and thanks for joining us on this edition of the Marcus Walsh Show. Marcus Walsh here at the Dude Pad. Been a while since we last had a show here. Uh, We had initially planned to have the show here for a couple of reasons and just decided to stick with it. So we're at my place on beautiful Hilton Head. Excuse me, we're at my place on beautiful Hilton Head Island. Kevin Libby will join me shortly. Glad to have you aboard. And uh, thanks for being here on this Saturday as we are now in the end time of, uh, of the month of May. And before long, June is going to be busting out quite literally all over. Um, it is crazy to think that we are towards the end of May here in 2023. It seemed like the year just started, but uh, we're, we're already towards the end of May. The Kentucky Derby was a couple of weeks ago. I'll start off with that. I saw none of it. Absolutely none of it. Um, I was at a function two weeks ago, a very special day for a very special couple and uh, a couple of very special friends of mine. So uh, Sam and I were at the wedding of Mike and Sarah Trishita, as they are now. And I think they're about home from their uh, their ventures in Italy. Um, Kevin and I will get more into that later. We've had Mike on the show before. Uh, one of a kind guy, one of my really good friends from here in the low country of South Carolina. So that's what Sam and I were up to a couple of weeks ago. And the reason that we did not catch any, or at least I did not catch any of the Kentucky Derby, but the Preakness Stakes is going on today. And that should be pretty interesting in its own right. And I took a look briefly at the folks that are going to be out and about in terms of, of the horses that, uh, that will be racing for the Preakness Stakes. And my winner did not do very well. Um, Preakness favorite Mage is cleared after getting stitches. This report from ESPN.com as of just a couple of moments ago apparently 
He bumped his head in his stall, had to get a few stitches to close a cut above his right eye. And uh, the owner and agent, Ramiro Restrepo, said, quote, the Kentucky Derby winner bumped his head Thursday, causing a superficial cut. Confirmed that in a text message to the Associated Press on Saturday that Mage returned training without any interruption after receiving treatment from the uh, state veterinarians. So he's he's good to go. He's definitely the 8-5 morning line favorite. Top choice at 2-1, to one, seven hours before post time. Bob, Beffert, uh, Bob Baffert trained national treasure, who became the second choice in the absence of first mission, who will not be in the race here uh, later on today. And so I'm going to go with him. I- I'm going to go with him to get the job done and to win the Preakness and take the first two crowns of the Triple Crown. We'll see what happens at Pimlico in uh, Maryland here in just uh, a few short hours, as that should be a very, very interesting race for sure, as it as it usually is. Um, going to definitely be be fun. And it's hard to believe that we're already almost two thirds of the way through the uh, the horse racing season, the major horse racing season here, as we uh, as we get things going. Again, eight to five favorite. And the jockey is Javier Castellano, national treasure jockey, John Velasquez, very popular. Um, Joel Rosario, another popular jockey, is the jockey for 10 to one, Red Route One. Irod Ortiz Jr. is the jockey of number seven, who is a six to one that is blazing sevens. And uh, first mission, as I'd mentioned, the horse in the eighth spot is scratched. And so those are a few of the horses that, that we'll see here later on today. Only seven in this, uh, in this Preakness Stakes. So that'll be definitely very interesting to see how things go. The Hilton Head All-American Football Camp on Hilton Head Island is this weekend, currently underway. B.J. Payne, Sarah Bichkovsky, and the crew doing a great job as per usual. Um, Kevin and I will dive a little bit more into this as the uh, as the show continues because, again, I always like telling the story. That's how Kevin and I met, and uh, that's that's how we met. We were doing the interview back then, had a chance to interview guys like Braxton Miller, Mike Davis, uh, several others and uh, been interviewing folks at that event for years. B.J. Payne was on WHHI-TV earlier this week to talk about it and, uh, and preview it. So definitely getting a lot of folks out there, and hopefully it's been a good start to the camp so far for the campers and for everybody that certainly is out there. Uh, the Hilton Head Coral Society Coral season, season number 46, if you can believe that, will end here next weekend. The Memorial Day concert in the morning will follow the America Sings concert, which I will be singing in both next Sunday night and Monday mornings. Uh, Memorial 
weekend concert will be over at First Presbyterian Church, 7 p.m. And then the uh, the concert for the Navy League over at Shelter Cove in the morning for uh, Memorial Day. That'll be around 1030 or so. And so we hope to see a lot of you out there for sure for those. Um, and then the PGA Championship. Hard to believe, but the PGA Championship is here this weekend, and uh, it is in New York, in Rochester, New York. And I was on Brew & Company earlier this week, and, uh, and Brew asked me for my winner. He went with Xander Shoffley, and I went with JT, and Justin Thomas won the PGA a year ago, so be interesting to see if he could do it again get you an update on what's going on there at the PGA championship. But I, I like the way Justin Thomas has been playing as of late. He's been looking really sharp has a, a lot of things going right for him. And here's how things look at the moment with Victor Hobland, Corey Connors, Scotty Scheffler, all tied at five under and in first place, Bryson DeChambeau, three under, has been playing really well, tied for fourth with, uh, I believe it's Justin Suh, yes. And then uh, Taryn Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy tied for eighth, along with Svensson, and uh, Taryn and Kepka are tied for sixth. Let's see where my winner is. Patrick Cantlay tied for 15th. Justin Rose, Block, Shane Lowry, Fox, uh, all tied for 11th. And Dustin Johnson tied for 15th, along with Cam Davis, Patrick Cantlay, Minwoo Lee, Keith Mitchell, Step Straka, Sayeth Thagala tied for 21st with Tommy Fleetwood. Colin Morikawa and Kitayama tied for 21st and several others going on down the list. Patrick Reed tied for 29th or definitely into the uh, over par numbers now. Cantley, uh, rather, Patrick Reed is three over. Harold Varner, three over, tied for 29th as well. Going down, down, down the list we go. And I still do not see Justin Thomas. Ooh, Jordan Spieth, six over. That's a, that's a tough week. Um, Justin Thomas, 10 over par. Wow. The high total to make the cut was Mark Hubbard at 14 over. And um, just now taking a look at the scores today, a lot of these players have already played their third round and a lot have really not shot particularly well. The last one I mentioned was Mark Hubbard and he shot a 79. That's a, that's a little bit higher than most would like. Um, a lot of seventies seen on this scorecard on ESPN.com going back to my winner, Justin Thomas. If I again can find him. Justin Thomas. Uh, let's go to Xander Shoffley, 
He's on 17 currently at the time of this recording. And Justin Thomas, if I go back through and try to find him, and I can't seem to, but he's he's definitely struggling as well. A lot of guys struggling on this course. There he is, Justin Thomas. 72, 73, and 75 for the first three days of the tournament. And so was Bruce pick Xander Shoffley. He's five over, 72, 72, and again on 17, one over for his round today. It could very well be one of these top guys that is in the, in the good numbers. Victor Hoblin's been playing some great golf this year, as has Corey Connors. Scotty Scheffler has always been outstanding. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that goes and to see what takes shape the rest of today, as well as beyond, for sure, in, uh, in the way things look with this tournament. going to be pretty interesting to see how things continue to shape up as the other majors get underway this summer you got the u.s open the open championship and uh and a whole lot more golf in between so gonna be gonna be pretty interesting speaking of interesting a lot of nba news and notes got the playoffs well underway right now it looks like two teams are locked in to head to the finals and it might not be the two that you expect we'll talk about that got an nfl draft recap an nfl draft recap as well as schedule highlights for the year. Got some intriguing games with new players on new teams. MLB standings, the loss of one big player in uh, in sports history for sure just yesterday, and a whole lot more coming up with Kevin and I. The monologue is in the books. Segment two with Kevin and yours truly from the Dude Pad. Spring is blooming. This is the Marcus Wall Show. We'll be right back right after this timeout. The music you hear on the Marcus Wall Show is provided courtesy of TBMM Productions, Tyler Brown Multimedia, for all things low country. Dial 843-715-1935. Back to the show. Welcome back into the Marcus Walsh Show from the Dude Pad. Been a while since we've been here at the Dude Pad. Marcus Walsh, Kevin Libby joins me for the remainder of the show. Want to thank Larry Jackamot for the voiceovers and certainly Tyler Brown of TBMM Productions for the tunes that you hear in between the uh, segments, a.k.a. the breaks. We are here and getting ready to talk basketball as we have talked about the uh the snl skit with uh john tesh and and all that fun stuff certainly great stuff on snl kev how are you buddy hey doing good marcus jason's Vegas, classic fit love it so good so good indeed did you catch any of the draft lottery i didn't care enough to watch it live but very happy for the spurs i still kind of resent them for getting duncan a year after my celtics tanked but uh still pretty happy for him so um yeah, Victor Wembanyama. If you don't know how to say it yet, you will. Hopefully, he uh, he likes the heat of San Antonio because that's likely where he's going to be going. And 
based off what we have seen from him, you know, on some clips that we've we've seen and and talked about here in previous stuff on the show, I mean, he could be the next big thing, like in in terms of Tim Duncan. Yeah, different kind of player, but the most sure. exciting prospect since LeBron. Seven foot five, he can hit threes. He's uh, you know, he's like a Lou Alcindor where he's going to remark. He might just change the game. Yeah, that's for sure. The Charlotte Hornets have the number two pick. The Portland Trailblazers with the number three pick. The Houston Rockets. I actually just on a whim kind of thought they might take the number one because goodness gracious, they they've been so bad as of late. They've got the four pick. The number five pick goes to the Detroit Pistons. The number six pick to the Orlando Magic. Indiana Pacers at seven. The Washington Wizards at eight. The Utah Jazz. They used to have one. Uh, why did I just lose his name? Mitchell. Um, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah I, I, his first name just went out of my head. So Donovan Mitchell used to play for Utah. Now, of course, in Cleveland and turning that Cavs team around. Utah at number nine. The Dallas Mavericks at number 10. And kind of the way things went with the Mavericks is kind of, I guess, how we thought they would go. Certainly with one uh, of the we're not Kyrie great, fans. Yeah. Great issues with Kyrie and whatnot. Um, they're at 10. The Orlando Magic are at 11. Orlando just, eh, they're okay from from time to time. They seem like they're about ready to hit another stride. And then it just doesn't happen. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder is at 12. And uh, after Oklahoma City, you got the Toronto Raptors and then the New Orleans Pelicans. And we've talked a lot recently about the issues with Zion Williamson and New Orleans. And he's just making me scratch my head because he went to Duke. It's easy to make the comparison. And I've made it before just a comparison with him and Kyrie. And it's just enough as, as a Duke fan too. It makes me just scratch my salt and pepper head. Um, everything that's going on with him and just, if, if you just new, play, if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, uh, I'm from Boston. Marcus is from close enough Cleveland. So we're scorned lovers when it comes to Kyrie. We're going to keep talking about him. Can't help it. Too, ma- too many heart strings have been strained and broken. Don't even get me started. And, and obviously I'm talking about Zion being a, a Duke blue devil fan as well as I've been for the last but he's not Kyrie. No, not no, yet. Not, he's got so much work yet. to do. If he not wants yet. to be, he could go to like seven years of evil he medical could. school and be the Dr. Evil of, of but, the NBA. But he's and, no- and he's not, but he's he's showing some signs that I just I I'm not a fan. He's I, got a I'm big a body. Fan. He's trained, he's trying to change his life. We'll give him some time. He's young. He's making a lot of money for he's someone gotta, who's gotta start, it. gotta start with some effort, though. Yeah, that's that's my whole point. Doing it on the fly. He's not yet as bad as Odin or another bust of a pick. But there's lots of kids coming out of this draft that aren't Victor Wembanyama that I really like. I get he's huge and he's awesome, but I like Brandon Miller, projected to go to the Hornets. Yes, great player. And you like Scoot, right? I do. Old school name would be fun to call as a broadcast Scoot, guy. Scoot Henderson, of course. Um, big big fan of him. And then Amen Thompson. You know he's got a chance to to do some really good things too. Six seven two ten for him. Uh, Twenty years of age. A good player. 
Um, I wanted to go back, if you don't mind, to the draft order because I wanted to talk about that last team as well. Raptors? Number 15, Toronto. Um, just wanted to bring up, you know, they they struck not necessarily lightning in a bottle, but they made it huge very quickly with the fact that they were, you know, in, in the stakes for a championship and they got it done against Golden State. And they had that great, Go of it with uh, with all the great talent that they had. Certainly, um, gosh, the names just aren't coming to me today. <laughs> um, Kawhi Leonard, with with Kawhi Leonard, you know they had a lot of talent and and all of that, and then he ends up leaving, goes to L.A. and the Clippers. You know they've they've got a little bit of a, a mess on their hands still. Still looks like it's Lakers world right now, obviously, for uh, for other reasons that we're going to get into here in just a little bit. Um, one thing to note is that that Orlando pick at 11 came from the Chicago Bulls. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Outside of Webb and Yama, we just talked about some of those other guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. But it seems like there's a little bit of a newer age in the NBA, possibly. I mean, who would have thought? that going to the playoffs as we kind of shift things that way now that the Miami heat who were up and down and up and down and up and down most of the season would have a two nothing lead on Boston who I had representing the East in the finals and then Denver who you had representing the West in the finals. They're making the Lakers just look absolutely crazy. They're both with pretty commanding, Two nothing leads at this point. What do you, what have you seen so far out of uh, both series to this point with the the two zero leads for uh, for Denver and then for Miami? They're late night games, eight thirty tip offs. They're killing me. Work nights. Um, I can't believe how much fun it's been to watch the Miami Boston series. We lost two games. Uh, I'm going gray over it. I'm not sure how much you felt about watching Bronny get tortured in in the West. Uh, I didn't watch those games in full, but obviously what I'm, what I'm seeing this remarkable is that Bam Adebayo as a big is running the point guard for Miami and absolutely ripping it up in a way that the Celtics just aren't used to defending that certainly coming off the Philly series with Harden up top. Uh, and then you flip that over and you look at, Yo, you know, Jokic on the, you know, the Joker is an absolutely remarkable passer and the way he gets his teammates involved is, you know, Bird was a great passer, but Bird wasn't a distributor necessarily from the top of the key, the way that Joker is really running that offense. And um, again, very disruptive to the what, you know, LeBron and AD are great defenders in the perimeter, but they're not used to a distribution across five players the way that the Nuggets run their offense. And so you see it's the playoffs and big defense is really, I think, making the biggest difference. And then um, just disruption because these these offenses they're succeeding in this championship series, talking about the East and the West respectively. It's just a different kind of offense through a big. The Lakers lost 132 to 126 in game one. They lost 108 to 103 in game two. Game three is tonight on ESPN. In the East, the Celtics with a 123-116 loss in game one. Then they lost last night 111, excuse me, 111 to 105. And game three is tomorrow in that series. What are some keys, uh, in particularly for the underdog teams? We'll start off obviously with Boston first, being that that's uh, that's your home team. That's the team that you go for. 
oh, we, we have a lot of things we can do differently. Uh, it was kind of fun to watch on game two, the way that we switched up our lineups. We started with Rob Williams as a big. We went double big with Rob and Al. He's uh, a heck of a player, Rob Williams. He's a lot Seems of fun. Six foot eight, he's a pogo stick. But I thought we were better in the second half when we started with Derek White on the floor with Big Al playing center, which means Big Al's got to come out and guard out of bio while you have Derek White kind of flexing around, having an easier time with guys um, like Kyle Lowry. But um, the, the, the Heat were so tough to defend. All five attacked, and, and really, you know, everybody stepped up. Um, Jimmy Butler is such a great leader. I really like uh, – there's a, I think it was the old man in the three where Trevor Ariza did a recent story about, you know, the color around Jimmy when he was in uh, Minnesota under Coach Tibbs. And uh, when he came in, obviously, and did a <clears> – <throat> You know, we played with the scrub team. He played with the G League guys and beat his starters that included Cat, uh, you know, and, and included um, the rookie that you traded um, that went to the Warriors. Uh, Andre Wig- um, Wiggins. Wiggins. Anthony yeah. Williams. Yeah. So, anywho, that was really fun. It's a very different culture coming out of Miami. They're crushing us right now. And Los Angeles needs to find whatever they have left because 3 0 is not going to, you know, 3 0 is a deep hole for either side, but especially against the Nuggets. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, that's that's for sure. It's going to be really a fun next few days to see if if these teams that are down, Boston and LA, if they can come back um, and try to get some Andrew Wiggins. Who were we wanted saying? To, wanted to make sure yeah. that I uh, got that first name right. Jermaine Wiggins was a tight end for my Patriots. That's who I was confusing with. So Andrew Wiggins, we'll we'll see what he can do the remainder of his career too. Well, he in the finals last year, he was probably the best player in the series. Yes. So I mean, it's not like these guys can't, you know, put a little uh, pull respect on their name, if you will. That's right. Absolutely. Speaking of respect on somebody's name, one guy that we do want to talk about in terms of Golden State, and we can get into Golden State because Brew and I touched on this. I think we ended up doing as as he mentioned, <laughs> as he mentioned in the podcast, in his podcast, uh, Bruin Company. Check it out anywhere that you can find podcasts, Spotify, etc. B R U N Company. Yes, um, we had that thing go for about an hour and a half, and I think we spent a whole like thirty seconds talking about sports talked about talked about a lot of other things it was uh it was fun check it out it was it was a lot of fun i did a whole bunch of impressions i actually did a roast of him because he always is known for roasting me and you know poking poking fun at at mjw so i did my best mlb roast yes those are his initials matthew lee brubaker as in major league baseball how the turntables have turned (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about, about golden state and a few other things. Um, I think their reign of terror is over. You can put it in the books. I think it's done. And I, I think that Draymond green, bye-bye. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs and that's when everyone talks to the media again. And even Steve Kerr, you know, was amongst the chorus that said, yeah, it actually was a big deal that Draymond punched Jordan pool. Who knew? Absolutely, it's a big deal. I've been saying it for years. In my opinion, Draymond Green, the dirtiest player in the league. And just the way things are set up 
with this NBA, I get it. It's a lot different than the style that we grew up with in the nineties, even the early two thousands. But I mean, come on enough is enough. And no matter where he goes, whether he stays at golden state or goes somewhere else, he's going to be that type of player. That's just the kind of player that he is. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's, it's time for a change. And I don't know if that means getting, getting a new coach as well, but clearly the dog on that team. And I, I mean, dog is in the leader on that team without question. It's not Draymond green. It's Steph Curry. And there's no doubt he's not going anywhere. And you can even say that possibly about clay Thompson as well. He had a tough series. He really, really had a tough series uh, against the Lakers. But, you know, those two guys, you can build something off of. Besides that, I don't know. I don't think that what Draymond does is much worse than what we saw growing up. In 1992, you can search for the video of Phoenix Suns' Danny Ainge uh, throwing a, a ball, like, just square up in a dude's face. That's a thing. Bill Lambeer uh, was been talking a lot about Lambeer lately. Yeah. I mean, he would try to, no he could end someone's career with the stuff he pulled, you know, the baby face assassin. Don't miss him. McFilthy and McNasty were his running mates with respect to John Sally. Uh, it, it's, it's a game. That's a contact sport. Part of that means they will do as much contact as is legally permissible. Remember in hockey when Sid, the kid was amazing but there wasn't an enforcer big enough that wouldn't get him injured by the second round of the playoffs. And that wasn't good for the product in the NBA. It's a contact sport. They'll allow as much contact as it doesn't knock somebody out. And you look at Giannis and how he went down that series. Giannis's injury was a big part of it. And we say it every year. It's not necessarily having the most ability. Sometimes the best ability is durability and availability. And it's always the best ability. It's availability. You're right. I'm wrong. Availability. Well, dur durability is availability is, is definitely there it's primarily availability and the two are you have essentially to be durable one to, be the same. to be available, to be available. Yeah. so, so the, yes the chicken comes from an egg correct this this is true it's the playoffs man it's it's put up or shut up time lebron that he's even here at his age the amount of money he puts into his body my god you want to be a fan of a professional athlete look at what the man's done it is, it is definitely something for sure to, to behold. That's uh, that is without question. Um, what else are you looking forward to with the, with the NBA? Anything catch your eye as far as how things will, uh, will shake out? What of these four teams, what's the series, pardon me, taking your fandom aside, what's the series that you most want to see just, as a a fan and if if you want to of course say boston against somebody you know that's that's certainly good no i you're exactly i want the primetime matchup of boston la for the competition to see who can get to 18 championships obviously boston's and all theirs in boston whereas the minneapolis lakers minneapolis by the way has these things called lakes the land of lakes ever heard of it Ten thousand. well now they're in los angeles where they don't have those but they do have the legacy of those five rings and their own rings to compile enough to be competitive with the Boston Celtics. That would be the fun one. I don't think my C's can get there, um, though I would sure love to see it. And that said, I think it would be also really fun to watch how – I don't think AD and, and, and Bronny are done. I think that that could be a seven-game series out of the West. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks, Marcus. 
It will be for sure. We've got a couple of minutes left here before uh, before we get into the um, the next segment. Leaning into the next segment, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Hilton Head All American Football Camp that uh, that we attended back in 2014. It's how I met one Kevin Libby, and he was my camera guy back in the day. Let's uh, just tell that story again, reshare uh, a couple of moments since we have a few minutes left on the, on the recording. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, this is when we first got to work together. Um, you were very excited to be meeting Braxton Miller, the Eisen candidate. I was absolutely over the moon. I, by contrast, wanted to meet Mike, Mike Davis was the running back for uh, your Carolina Gamecocks. Yes. And of course, he had those great years with the Falcons as well as a uh, NFL footballer. Well, just a lot of fun, Marcus. You got on there, and, and it was really to me a, a, a study in Marcus Walsh going to work as a sports journalist because you're out there, you have all your notes, and uh, the way you engage everybody, you knew every coach on the field, and then you know to see the way that the kids engage. But the best thing was the All American Football Camp really is a group of All American athletes that want to come to the beach, and oh my God, Marcus, just to watch you out there with those kids um, was a lot of fun and it's supposed to be like, I'm Marcus Walsh. I'm out here, yada, yada. But I cut it up in a way as your editor to just kind of have your jokes sort of make their way in. And so we close again, Marcus is just open with these guys and they're talking about like the, what's funny about going to camp, you know, the discipline, right. You know, if the kids don't get the discipline at home, this is the coach that gives the discipline. Yeah. And to, that's what the kids found funny, the, the, the athletes. Yeah. And um, long story short, Marcus, when, you know, it was going down, they were describing how hard they, they're doing half gashes. The guy out here doing half gashes as kids. And uh, Marcus goes, well, it's like PD says from Remember the Titans. Football, no fun, sir. And you just, it was just so funny, man. The yeah. way those, every one of those, uh, those college dudes loved Marcus. Fun to work with you, man. That was, that was year one of many um, that I've been out there. Even went out there last year. Don't think I'll be out there tomorrow. Um, but went out there last year with Joseph Keith and, and did some, uh, work out there to talk to some guys, talk to Cole DeMarzo last year, a few others. I've had a chance to talk to a bunch of people from a bunch of different schools um, that have come back locally here to the low country to be a part of this outstanding event and uh, outstanding um, community reach out, of course, to help out the kids. Um, one thing as well that I want to talk about just briefly while we have a couple of minutes in terms of some stuff that Larry Jackamot sent us. I happened to watch this a couple of weeks ago. It was phenomenal. Uh, the national federation of high schools sent a video of uh, one of the fine folks that works there um, doing an interview with Steve Javi and Joey Crawford. Did you happen to watch that? Cause I sent it to you. Yeah, I got a little bit of it. Crawford to me is a tough pill to swallow, but uh, Joey Crawford, that guy, um, did really describe what the point of being an official is. And yes, big heart. Now he's retired. Good on you. Just tremendous stuff. They talked about their experiences from from officiating back in the day. Joey Crawford was talking about one of the guys that really mentored him uh, before he made it big with officiating. And then certainly Steve Jabby talked a lot about Joey Crawford in that sense. Uh, really mentoring him and Steve Jabby, of course, now does a lot of stuff for ESPN and ABC as an official, uh, an officials analyst and rules analyst in terms of how the game works. 
Um, and it was just tremendous from just their travels and, and what they got to see and do and the need for younger people to officiate, but also still the need for officials to go through some different training, some proper training, and, uh, and for that to be better, just to make everything better um, in, in the game of basketball and beyond, because there's, there's a need for you know, local officials here in the whole country and beyond all different areas of, uh, of sports. And, and other things too, adjudicators for, you know, speech and debate and choral competitions and band competitions and this, that, and the other. Um, we still have a few minutes left. So do that, you, do you know how easy it is to officiate volleyball? I would have no idea. You sit in the chair the whole time. It's really easy. About, about as easy as it is to officiate tennis. I haven't done tennis, but I guess uh, the judge, I, I'm thinking of like Wimbledon, you got the, I think it's an official there up in the high uh perch whatever doing that so whoever john mackerel is yelling at exactly you, you know I, I tell you though i just answer the question you cannot be serious i could never bring myself to love a tennis player and i'll tell you why love means nothing to them there you go it's very true <laughs> oh kevin let me bring in the jokes um what was your favorite experience from your days being an official? Besides that time I ran into uh, the coach for Hilton at prep. Yes. Um, that was great. I mean, the, the one time I got to give a girl a tissue on a sideline when she was sneezing because I too have upper respiratory issues. And um, it was just one of those moments where I felt like I was welcomed by their community because people were nice to me the rest of the night, which is just a weird thing when you're an official. Normally if you're doing a good job. They ignore you. But um, I don't know. It's, it's just, you get to be into communities and see people you otherwise wouldn't see, and you're part of it. And um, kind of feels like you're not in the game. Don't get me wrong, but you focus up like you would if you were an athlete. You show up, you're in your uniform, uh, you're 100% focused on it, and you work with your team, which is your co-officials, to make the best calls you can. Couldn't agree more uh, than that. We certainly thank Larry for everything that he's done um, to set stuff up to, to try to get the word out through WHHI and other sources of media as well, working with the NFHS um, and certainly the, the great crew that is over there uh, at the National High School Federation, uh, National High School Federation uh, group, just tremendous stuff that they do nationwide. It's not just here in South Carolina, but it's nationwide. And of course, we work with the high school leagues and the independent league, Skiza and SCHSL. Um, and everybody that we work with and you know we've got a couple of months until we're starting to prep for football um, as far as getting a schedule out and everything so stay tuned for updates on that as well and uh, games will start you know come August so it'll it'll be here before we know it um, and then we'll with WHHI have a schedule out at some point uh, in the near future whether we start broadcasting games in August or September yet to be determined but we'll be doing that Daniel Court will join me. Larry Jackamot will join me, the rest of our crew. And uh, hope to see you out at a couple of football games this year. Who knows? Um, Kevin, of course, joins me for basketball, and that'll be towards the end of the year, heading into the new year, 2024. We're still a little ways away from that, but again, May 20th. So the year is going by for sure. That'll do it for this segment. When we return, we are talking Major League Baseball. We are also talking NFL. We had 
some great stuff going on with the draft and uh, the schedule reveal. And we're talking about it all when we return on the Marcus Wall Show right after this. Time out. Time out. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back into the Marcus Wall Show here from the Dude Pad on Hilton Head Island. Marcus, Kevin, Larry, and Tyler Brown with you. Larry and Tyler doing the uh, VOs and the tunes for us. Tyler, TBMM Productions, and Larry Jackmott, really a, a wizard of all things and, and jack of all trades for sure, uh, and, a, and a very good colleague of ours for sure. Um, talking NFL and some of the key players later in the draft, we talked about key players and scenarios uh, one through three, but moving on, really it was round five, Kev, that really incited me and, and really intrigued me with some of the things that, that took place, in particularly a couple of AFC North team, uh, rather NFC North teams that made some moves with Penne Sewell going as an inside linebacker out of Oregon to the Chicago Bears. And then right after that, Penny Sewell, the man tonight's they drafted him twice. Penny has two brothers. It's, it's not Penny Sewell. You're one right. of his brothers in the fifth round. Try, trying to do this off of uh, off of no notes. Noah Sewell was taken. And um, and then certainly Sean Clifford going to the Green Bay Packers and the Green Bay Packers, we know, have their situation with the fact that Aaron Rodgers is no longer there and Clifford is going to be playing under one Jordan Love, who is looking to, to resurrect things. But the Bears may be trying to make a little bit of a move up towards the top of the division. The Packers look to be taking a step back, but. We'll see how things uh, shake out, but two very interesting picks towards the middle of round five in the in the draft that, that definitely caught my eye in the second half of action uh, there just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean it's a crapshoot after three, and we saw the kickers go in the fourth and fifth rounds. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's competition for roster spots. Marcus, I think that the draft does not change that much. Um, do you want to see the Vegas odds for these teams? Yeah, let's do it. Um, certainly the kicker out of Michigan Moody going to the San Francisco 49ers, I think is going to be big. He's got a heck of a leg. Um, a lot of very interesting things as far as the draft odds and, uh, or what turned into the Super Bowl odds based off the draft with these teams. I mean, everybody likes the Eagles, right? You would certainly think, yeah, they're, they're right there in second. At a plus 850, Kansas City Chiefs at plus 600 to repeat, and the Buffalo Bills at plus 900, San Francisco at 950, Cincinnati at 1,000, Dallas Cowboys at 1,400. Um, and then moving on, the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, these, these are matchups that we're talking now. Um, oh, that I'm I sorry. see. That's okay. No, sorry, Marcus. There you go, That's all right. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at 1800, 
And then Detroit Lions at 2,200, of course, the plus in front of that. Jacksonville Jaguars at 2,500, as are the Los Angeles Chargers. Miami Dolphins at 2,500 as well. Then the Cleveland Browns at 2,800. The New Orleans Saints at 3,500. Green Bay Packers at plus 4,000, as are the Minnesota Vikings. You get a couple of NFC North rivals there. Seattle Seahawks at plus 4,000 additionally. Denver Broncos, Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Giants, all at plus 4,500. And then in the plus 5,500 range, you've got the Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots, plus 6,000, LA Rams, Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers, Washington Commanders, then the Tennessee Titans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Indianapolis Colts, Arizona Cardinals at plus 18,000, as are the Houston Texans, Indy, Tampa, and Tennessee are 7,500, and uh, Indy at 10,000. So it'll be very interesting to see, but a team that outside of like Seattle that a lot of people have their eye on um, being in the West in the NFC and, and being in a, in a hoopla of, of things is the Detroit lions. They seem to be very much improved and have a chance to, to really do some great things based off their draft and based off some of the moves they made coming off a much improved a year last year. And again, a lot of people still like Kansas city who takes on Detroit early on in the season with that Thursday opener. And that's, that's going to be a lot of fun on NBC, but with some of these divisions, Kev, you've got teams that you definitely think will be battling for contention to get to the Super Bowl, like a Philadelphia, like a Dallas, like the New York Jets. Not saying that they'll get there, but they've got a chance. Buffalo, the AFC North, you've got Cincinnati, Baltimore is really improving. Um, and then you've got other divisions like the NFC South and the NFC North that could go a myriad of ways based off of how last year's results happened and certainly the draft. It's going to be really interesting to see, uh, based off of those things, how things work out as, uh, as the season gets underway here shortly with practices and uh, training camps. Yeah, yeah. FanDuel Sportsbook gave you your numbers you were reading there. Uh, I think that the draft doesn't change that much. Um, Belichick was you know, one of the coaches this past year during the, um, the Shrine Bowl, and he literally, literally told the team, there's not a single one. And we're a bad team, the Patriots right now. We're going to be the bomb of the division. And he told him, there's not a single one yet that would make my roster right now. There's not a single guy you can replace on my roster. And I think he meant it. I mean, the reality is you got your top, your top three round picks are going to get a roster spot by the privilege of their contract. Everyone, everyone has, you know, play and compete. And it's tough to make a football team. So it's, it's kind of fun. You know, it's the transition of what it is to be a rookie. More than just a haircut. That's for sure. One thing that I need, I'm going to be seeing my barber in a few days. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the first game of the uh, London series. That'll be week four, 930, October 1st on ESPN+. And there are a bunch of other games that will be happening in London. Uh, week eight, NFL Network, or rather October 8th. The next week, week five, Jacksonville takes on Buffalo. So Jacksonville could just stay in London for a week, and I'm sure they'll do it. Those first two matchups are at Wembley and then Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The Baltimore Ravens take on the Tennessee Titans at Tottenspur, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Say that five times fast. Uh, that is week six, October the 15th, 930 Eastern. 
And then the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs play in Frankfurt, Germany, 9.30 Eastern, November the 5th. That is week nine. That's the NFL Network. Indianapolis Colts, New England Patriots, week 12, uh, week 10, November 12th, NFL Network, 9.30 Eastern in Frankfurt, Germany. And no games as far as we know in Mexico. But one thing to point out with the schedule too, though, this year is that we have Black Friday football with the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And we also have three other matchups on Turkey Day, the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Commanders, the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. And then I believe the other one was San Francisco and Seattle, which are all divisional matchups. Fox will have the Detroit game against Green Bay. CBS will carry the Washington Commanders and Dallas Cowboys. And then NFL or NBC will have the nightcap between Seattle and San Francisco. Christmas Day, we've got some, some really interesting matchups as well. The Las Vegas Raiders take on the Kansas City Chiefs. That'll be on CBS and Nickelodeon. The New York Giants take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Fox. And then the nightcap, the Super Bowl rematch from Super Bowl 47. The Baltimore Ravens and San Francisco 49ers get underway and get their season going. And going back to week one, you guys have an interesting matchup with New England taking on Philadelphia in the second half of the day. Doubleheader CBS day. I figure Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson will be at that game. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun, uh, you know, fun way to match up is to play against us, the uh, NFC conference champions you saying they're going to simulcast on nickelodeon indeed and they've, they've been doing that for years new year's eve the following week we've got the afc championship rematch of kansas city and cincinnati which should be a barn burner as well in its own right and um that'll that'll be great you got a lot of really interesting matchups throughout the season and with the quarterbacks and other players moving around you look for teams like the jets like the raiders and, and beyond to possibly kind of shake things up a little bit. I'm really excited about what the Jets could do. I think they're definitely a playoff team, maybe a contender to make a deep run in the playoffs. But, I mean, it's, it's just hodgepodge city as far as who might be able to make the Super Bowl, in particularly out of the AFC. I think if I had to pick kind of a sleeper matchup, I would go. Initially, I was thinking off-air San Francisco. Um, I like, I really like what Baltimore is doing in terms of, of getting back to, to where they used to be. They, they would be an intriguing pick for me out of the AFC matching up against Cincinnati and uh, a bunch of other teams that are really good in the AFC, the NFC, if I wasn't going to go San Fran and I still could, you know, Dallas is another team that isn't necessarily a sleeper per se, but until they get that monkey off their back, you know, they're they're counted out by a lot of folks. What what do you think as far as the the sleeper teams and some of these matchups heading into uh, the new season, which will get underway with practices and training camp and all that stuff here uh, pretty soon? I like the NFC West. You know, if I have to pick somebody, I'm picking out of the West. I like that Cowboys secondary. <clears throat> they will be a change team with Steph Gilmore back there. So. You know, I don't like Odell as much as you do. You're thinking the Ravens are going to be changed by Odell Beckham? 
Well, I, I like the fact that they're doing some great things in terms of, you know, some of the things they've done with getting Lamar back and they've got some other guys on the outside and they're just kind of reshaping and retooling that, that move kind of reminded me a little bit of what they did a couple of years ago, getting Sammy Watkins. And I mean, if he's ready to go and he's ready to play, there might be a chance that he can do some things and make some stuff happen. Um, it's going to be going to be really interesting. There are a lot of coaches that are, that are going for Kansas city and going for, you know, whether it's Philadelphia or some other teams that have been in those high profile moments in the NFC over the last several years, time will tell, obviously. And we don't know what's going to happen. We'll make our picks, you know, later this summer heading into the fall, but it could be really interesting. I mean, I know he's not Ray Lewis, but I do not want to face Patrick Queen in the playoffs. And well, oh, no, uh-uh. then, I mean, how are you going to score on that defense? You're probably not. I mean, what's your other options? You got to take the ball away from, you know, one of the better trust quarterbacks out there. No doubt about it. In Major League Baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, holy crap, they continue to just get it done. They're 33 and 13 leading the way. And as a matter of fact, they have what I believe to be the best record in the game. Yes, indeed, they do. So they lead the way at 33 and 13. Baltimore Orioles, a surprise team at 29 and 16. The New York Yankees at 27 and 20. The Toronto Blue Jays and Boston Red Sox, both five games over 500 at 25 and 20. And that is the AL East. In the Central, the Minnesota Twins at 24 and 21, leading over the Detroit Tigers at 20 and 22 by two and a half games. The Cleveland Guardians, 20 and 24. They lost somehow. They found a way to blow it against the Mets last night. Today's game will not be played. It'll be played tomorrow as part of a split doubleheader in the 1 o'clock hour and 7 o'clock on ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball. They're 20 and 24, three and a half games out of first. Luckily, nobody running away with the AL Central yet. The Chicago White Sox, after a dismal month of April, starting to get it going in May. They're they're 18 and 29, and the Kansas City Royals, 14 and 33. In the AL West, my team from the American League that's most improved, the Texas Rangers, they sure are. They're 10 games over 500 at 27 and 17. The Houston Astros at 25 and 19. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim at 24 and 22. Seattle Mariners at 21 and 23. The Oakland Athletics playing just as bad as that stadium. They're 10 and 36 and looking still for a new home in Vegas. And there's still a whole bunch of hullabaloo to uh, figure out before they end up moving to Sin City and the city of certain lights in the Americas. The Atlanta Braves lead the way in the National League East, 28 and 16. The Miami Marlins, surprise team in the East, 23 and 22. The New York Mets, with that big win over Cleveland last night, got their record to 500 at 23 and 23. The Philadelphia Phillies, 20 and 24. And the Washington Nationals, about like every other team in that position, not happy with their result. They're 18 and 27. Again, think of it just a few years ago. This was a team that was playing for the World Series. And now they're at the bottom of the barrel. And without question, one of the worst teams in baseball, the worst team in the National League. Pittsburgh Pirates, I did not have them doing as well as they are right now. 
They're 24 and 20, tied with Milwaukee for first place in the Central. My sleeper pick for the NL with Chicago, 20 and 24. They're in third place. Cincinnati Reds playing much better, still well under 500 at this point, but 19 and 25 and creeping up near that 500 mark. Then the St. Louis Cardinals at 19 and 27, one of the disappointments and one of the really surprising disappointments in all of baseball. Oh, I love them. I mean, those corner infielders, Arenado and Goldie. I mean, with all that money out there, you really, it's a great baseball town too. It's, it's rough for you, but there's still Bush beer. Go get it. Get Bush beer. You can get your frozen custard from Ted's Ted Drew's frozen custard. Never had it, but I've heard good things. It's easy to love your brother when you're eating right. This is the first time we've talked about food. We got into the third segment. This is the first time. Custard, you say? Yeah, it's it's like ice cream, but I guess it's whether there's less air whipped in or or whatnot. It's definitely a different experience. So you could go there. You could go get a, a, a crown candy kitchen milkshake or 15 of them if you want to take the challenge on. You ever have St. Louis style pizza? No, sir. I've had St. Louis style ribs. I like those. Never had St. Louis style pizza. I think they use, is that the city where they use Provel cheese? Oh, now you're beyond my literacy around it. But boy, do you love your food network? I would say yes and nod and move on. I believe that's true. Um, actually, Guy Fieri had his uh, Diners, Drive Ins, and Dives new episode last night that was on, and he was in Tybee and in Savannah. Local desk. Oh, that's he was. Cool. He was at, um, trying to think off the top of my head, he was at the garage in Savannah eating some stuff, and then he was at an ice cream place in Tybee. That was the final segment of the show. Would you think they had custard? At Tybee? Nah. Um, It was Sunday, Sunday Cafe in Tybee, the garage in Savannah. Uh, it was at nine o'clock last night. I have it recorded. We can watch it after this if you want. Um, so there's a little bit of a food education. Folks in Georgia, check those places out. Um, I will at some point. I'm going to Savannah once in a while. Sam's family, uh, Sam has family, her sister that lives in Savannah. So we uh, we head that way from time to time. Might have to check out one of those two restaurants for sure. Um, and then... Uh, getting back to the baseball of it all, speaking of food and baseball and beards, the American pastime and all of that, apple pie, Chevrolet, all that jazz. <laughs> Moxie. That's right. Uh, that's what we do. Um, oh, I was referencing the cola, but you think we have Moxie? Sure. Why not? Okay. What is Moxie Cola? I've never heard of it. It's the type of cola that people used to drink back when Ted Williams was marketable. Moxie. That was a long time ago. <laughs> he, was, he was a kid once. A, he was. A splendid That's true. Splinter. Sure. The Los Angeles Dodgers, 29 and 17. The Arizona Diamondbacks, 25 and 20. Another surprise in the West. The San Francisco Giants, voiced by John Miller, still to this day, 21 and 23. The San Diego Padres. Boy, what a disappointment. They got off to a great start now. Holy smokes. They're 20 and 25, not out of it by any stretch, eight and a half games out of the division, but they need to start winning. And then the Colorado Rockies, I'm sorry, Jack Corgan, the team you call still to this day is not very good. They're 19 and 26, nine and a half games out. And uh, 
looking like definitely one of the worst teams in baseball. What are you looking forward to seeing in the uh, remainder of this first half and uh, heading into the all-star break? Oh, you know, I'm a total homer, Marcus. I really don't care unless my Red Sox are in it. Uh, we're five games above 500 and we're the last team in the American League East. Um, I was surprised to see that there are fewer division games this year. I did not know that. And so there are two months out of the year where we, we just straight up don't play the Yankees. So that's going to be different. Uh, well, I'm looking, I'm, I don't know what I'm looking forward to, Marcus. Maybe a starting pitcher. Maybe a starting pitcher. If you spend the kind of money we are, I'd love to have a, uh, a playoff run. But we're not going to get one. Woe is me. Life is hard. The Celtics also might lose. I'm going down a rabbit hole of Boston uh, depression here. Hopefully the Patriots aren't as bad as they're going to be. So what am I looking forward to in baseball, Marcus? Did I mention the Bruins lost? Um, yeah. I'll get over it. But at the moment, we're five games above 500 and last in the division. I'm, I'm looking forward to a football season. What's, uh, what's your favorite brand of baked bean? I see you as a baked bean guy being from Boston. When I was a kid, my dad... Lobster and baked beans. Anybody ever pair those together? I don't think that no, would work. No. And lo- yeah, no. <laughs> lobster's fancy, and I'm not. Uh, my dad, the big meal would be he'd buy two big cans, one with brown, bre- brown bread, one with beans, and we'd have the military meal, which was a uh, microwaved piece of brown bread with some butter and some microwaved beans. I like bushes because they have the dog that talks, and it's always the same joke about how the dog's not going to give away the recipe, and then he can talk. So I'll say the and then he gives away the recipe. Well, that's well, not. No, he just implies he's got a lot, a lot of money that's and true. diamonds and whatever else the joke is that week. But, you know, I like a talking dog. Give me that one. You know, people died and drowned in a molasses spill once. That was a whole thing. Yeah. Educate me. Uh, in a mill and, town. And us. Well, before people were regulated in factories, uh, you could just have giant bats of things that would drown people. And one of them was molasses. And so there was a uh, big molasses spill and people drowned and died in molasses. Can you believe it? It's the kind of thing that you'd make a nice soda out of, like Moxie. I'm sure Moxie has molasses in it. What um around what time period was this? Do you happen to know? I'm gonna guess 19th century. Let's go ahead and look that up while Marcus gives you some more stuff about uh you and baseball for the rap here. Well, I mean, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, you want I think I got more I, depressing stories I, about the Red Sox losing and I mentioned I mentioned on Bruin Company the other day the the fact that Right now, Tampa Bay and Atlanta look like the best teams. My super, uh, my World Series pick was Cleveland and the New York Mets. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I just hope that whether the Guardians get a bat or something, they can find a way to get out of these doldrums that they're in. January 15th, 1919, approximately at 12.30 p.m., according to Wikipedia in Boston, Mass., was the great molasses flood the wreckage of the collapsed tank is visible in the background if you check it out on wikipedia and a large storage tank filled with 2.3 million u.s glasses uh, gallons rather that is 8,700 cubic meters of molasses weighing approximately 13,000 short tons or 12,000 metric tons burst and the resilient uh, resultant wave of molasses rushed through the streets at an estimated 35 miles an hour. That's 56 kilometers per hour, killing 21 people, injuring 150. The event entered local folklore, and residents claimed for decades afterward that the area still smelled of molasses on hot summer days. It sounds like something that would have been given on the Beaufort News 
with you as host, I, I can just, just reading that off of Wikipedia, just take my voice out, put your voice in. It's a, it's a Kevin copy, brilliant story. I, I, I just feel it in my bones. Kid, the Sox may be terrible. The Bruins might have blown one, you know, just because Mac Jones might not be the savior. He's no Tommy. This, you know, just because everything's going wrong in the world of sports doesn't mean you, it could still be covered in molasses, you know? Things may be bad now, but think there was a time when we could have been drowning in molasses. Good times will return. I need the next Tom Brady. Got to have him. There you go. Who who do you think that's going to be in a, in Boston sports for you? I'm. Have you ever seen Celtic Pride? It's a movie. Haven't. They kidnapped the best player in the jazz. It was, I believe, uh, Marlon Wayne's. It was one of the Wayne's brothers. I should really be able to be better about identifying my Wayne's brothers. Anywho, um, no, Damon and Marlon were the Wayne's brothers on the TV show on WB. Who am I thinking? Da- Damon. It was Damon. Damon was uh, the father and my wife and kids. Michael. Michael Kyle. That was Damon Wayans. I love Damon and Don't Be a Man to Sell Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Uh, it's a satire where he was uh, playing off of boys in the hood. And so they do always do <laughs> Damon's role was he'd be like, you know, a, a walk-in character that would um, identify the message of a scene. So it was a spoof with a joke. And then once ever there was like a moral, just walk on the screen and go message. Anywho, where was this going? Damon, Damon Wayans, Damon, Damon Wayans, my, my wife and kids, Celtic pride. I never saw it. We were talking about who's the next guy to possibly fill Tom Brady's shoes in Boston lore of sport. Thanks for getting me back there. We're going gotcha. to kidnap Tom Brady's kid. Now, is that a real plot? No. Um, please don't prosecute me criminally. But I think for Boston sports as a whole, the logical next step for us would be Tom Brady's son plays quarterback. And in the movie Celtic Pride, they kidnap the best player in the jazz so the Celtics will win. I just want some kind of scenario where Tom Brady's son is incepted to want to play football in new England. We could make that into a film. We're probably going to pay a lot for the rights. What do you think? Sure. I'm down. I mean, <laughs> Bronny's pretty exciting. What wouldn't you do to have Bronny play for Cleveland? Honestly? I mean, Holy crap. That, that kid's going to be something special. And the fact that he's going to USC to play for the Trojans, Bill Walton's going to be going nuts. There's no doubt about it. He got to call his dad when he played in high school and now he's going to be calling a ton of Bronny James games at USC, at least for one year. Um, the, the possibilities are endless about where those two could end up meeting in terms of playing. And LeBron has come out and said, I want to play at least one year with my boy. And, uh, and then we'll see what happens after that. Going to be really interesting. Obviously a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports and beyond. Um, have Coral Society rehearsal tomorrow and whatnot, getting ready for next weekend. Hope everybody's doing great out there and enjoying another great Saturday. Spring is most definitely blooming, and before long, summer is going to be here. So stay hydrated, stay up to the date on everything, and uh, enjoy while, while you can before it gets too terribly hot. And we just bathe in our AC all the time um don't come def- if not snowing. definitely definitely some great stuff but yeah oh god we're gonna have to go to the beach we could be covered awesome. in molasses it's true it's true it's it's very true um summers down here are steamy and they're sticky but they're they're great no no place i'd rather be i actually was out on the golf course 
a week ago yesterday and uh and played and had some decent shots played played pretty well nearly had an ace uh played very well but um south carolina no place i'd rather be than than the low country of south carolina pretty pretty dang awesome that's for sure uh have anything else i compared the high summer of south carolina to soup the reason is the humidity it's like we're vegetables in a soup but we can uh go out at night and not get baked in the sun we can even swim at night because the water is warm the beach water down here is like 83 degrees in summer can you believe that i didn't until i got in the water it's real you can too we're not covered in molasses i think i'm all the way back i feel good it's it's very true no doubt about it It's, it's great to great to be here in the low country of bluffton hilton head getting into savannah a little bit as well and don't forget about buford I know you have big time ties over the years to, to beautiful Buford. Yeah. My dad's still there. I was there last week. It's the best good old Buford on the Bay since 1562, baby. (laughs) That's what it's about. And with that, I think that will about do it for this edition of the Marcus Walsh show for Kevin Libby, for Larry Jackamop providing the VOs. And certainly Tyler Brown of TBMM, Tyler Brown Multimedia Productions. I'm Marcus Walsh. Thanks for joining us as we've been talking about the blooming of spring. Summer will be here before long. Lots going on in sports and beyond. Check us again next time for much of the same. This has been the Marcus Walsh Show. Until next time, so long, everybody.